Another team is out of the playoffs, which possibly puts another Guardians managerial candidate into the pool. We'll talk about Craig Council's candidacy and if he's a fit for Cleveland, if he even makes it to Cleveland. Some of you were fired up about our uh, offseason priorities list ranking yesterday with maybe some, maybe rightfully so. We'll discuss some of your thoughts there and some interesting thoughts on Kyle Manzardo's adjustments when he got to Columbus. You are Locked On Guardians, your daily podcast on the Cleveland Guardians, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show today. Uh, Over there is Justin. I am Jeff. Craig Council. Uh, I could walk to Craig Council Little League Park from my house. Um, I used to drive past it every day. Uh, do we think he's going to be manager? Of a team next year? Yes, he will be a manager of a Major League Baseball team next year. That's my take. Thanks for coming to the show, everybody. That's my, my hot take for the day. We'll, we'll talk to you next week. Uh, yeah. Excuse no, me. I, <laughs> I think most everyone expects him to go to the Mets. Um, it is interesting how hot his name is for a guy whose team has lost four straight first rounds and seems to make zero, even though they have two aces. I know one of them was hurt this year, but they've been, I mean, living in Milwaukee, this has been a bitter disappointment for these fans for a lot of years here that they keep getting in. Now what they didn't, they didn't make it last year, right? Or no, I think they were a wild card. They did not make it last year. Last year was one year they did not make it. But the other four years that he has made it, they haven't gone anywhere. And they've had solid teams, you know. Uh, shout out to our boy Carlos Santana, who actually had one of the better performances yesterday um, for the Brewers. But and I was rooting for them just because of how much I, I love Los. But it's interesting to me just how how much talk. And you know, listen, his son is starting this year at, um, I think I talked about this before, at University of Michigan. Uh, there's, you know, kids are out of the house. If he wants to go to New York, he can go to New York. But I, for, it's not like this is a a resume of of success. It's a resume of regular season success. I mean, should he, should he maybe go manage the twins? They seem, I know they finally advanced, but it feels like a match made in, uh, in, in uh, baseball heaven before that. Maybe. I mean, let's, let's start off. First of all, is Regardless of, okay, so Craig Council is a managerial free agent. He did not negotiate an extension with the Brewers. I was reading today, I think, on The Athletic, talking about um, he wanted to focus on the season, and usually managers don't like to be lame duck, you know, going yes. into without a contract. If you ever watch Moneyball, of course, it was uh, – who, who played uh, Who played the manager in those – Was that – um... Why am I blanking his name? He was in Boogie Nights and so many. Um, oh, I'll, I'll have it. Give me a second. He was in Hunger Games. I don't know. I can't think yeah, of that off um, my head, but great actor. He's since passed away. I know. Fantastic he, I actor. Can... Um, but okay. So no, no manager likes to be a lame duck manager, but he agreed. He count counsel, whoever's talking, whoever he's talking to. I don't know if this is just his own strategy or whatever, but he mentioned about just wanting to Phillips, season. Uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yes. Rest in peace. Philip Seymour Hoffman. Uh, I'm sure somebody was for that 30 seconds was agonizing over yeah. the ability for us to say who it was, but 
he doesn't, you know, he said he was focused on the season over there. So it's, it's a very interesting situation that he, I don't want to say, I, I don't know for sure if he took himself out of an extension from Milwaukee, but it sure sounds like he was not super concerned with an extension talk. And is that because he knew that, I mean, everybody in baseball knew David Stearns was going to the Mets. It was a terribly kept secret and the timing lined up with councils, a, uh, his contract ending. So all that aside, you know, whatever his situation is, whatever um, else is going on in, in a vacuum, just let's just say Craig council is a manager who is available to talk to. And he is now technically as of yesterday. Um, should he be on the guardians list? Is he on the guardians list? Like, do you think he should be on the guardians list to start with? Cause I would say, yes, I think I, I know we'll talk about his track record a little bit more in a second, but if he, if he is interested in an interview, I think the guardians definitely should talk to him. And I would not be surprised if he is on their list, whether or not he agrees to interview here, because it's a foregone conclusion. He's going to the Mets, whatever um, that you know, remains, remains to be seen. I'm not sure what will happen there, but uh, in a vacuum, I would say, yes, Cleveland should have Craig counts on their list. Yeah, he should be on the list. I just don't think there's any chance of landing him. And and again, if, if it gets into kind of a bidding war, if you're involved with the Mets, it feels like that could get expensive. And I just I don't think he's the guy you go to you go into a bidding war with, anyways. But uh, yeah, is I, he the best? Is he the best managerial candidate? Okay, let's just say, quote unquote, he's available. Like he is available. Are you swiping right no matter what? Even even if he's unattainable, are you swiping right no matter what? Like is he? Is there a better candidate right now I mean, on the market? I, I'd really have to dive into it. I, this is me living in Milwaukee and hearing like the last year and a half, people kind of being sure. like, this guy can't win. This guy makes some questionable decisions. I mean, I, most of my friends out here are kind of celebrating that he's gone, that they are assured that he's gone. They think that he just couldn't get over the hump. So that, that kind of, um, you know, colors my view. Uh, so for me, I might be just more, negative on him than most but living out in milwaukee sure there are those who don't want him to go but there's a lot who are just like yeah this didn't work he doesn't work uh and how much is that fair it's really hard to win these opening rounds we've talked about there's a degree of luck but when they were the home team which is weird they were the home team Um, and arizona was not set up well for this series they didn't even pitch their second best starter they started off with a terror with not terrible sorry but they started off with a young player who has struggled all year who pitch terribly and they still lost yeah. uh, you know there's there's work to be done there you know why because home runs matter and guess who hit home runs the arizona diamondbacks they had home yeah. runs i mean it helps to have corbin carroll yeah he he had a fantastic series no shock and uh it's kind of funny i think in these two game series if you have a player like that you don't often like this is off topic but like in basketball like when you have a lebron james or whoever you because you only start five players that that impact player has the ability to impact more of the game because of how the game's set up. And in baseball, there's a reason why Mike Trout and Shoy Otani didn't ever play in the playoffs because they're two players on a team of 26 people and it takes a whole roster to get to the postseason. But in a two game series in the postseason, one player can have enough of an impact to do something. And that guy, you know, that's a guy, Corbin Carroll, right? Like that's, the one spot where that actually works. Um, be interested to see if the, the Guardians have a player like that. I don't know if, if they do. I think they definitely should have Craig. I said they should have Craig Council on their on their list to interview. Look, I don't think anybody thought in 2012 
when they fired Manny Acta that that Tito was going to be a candidate here. Um, he chose to come here. I think there there's a very scenario where Sandy Almar ends up getting the job and Tito manages in a bigger market or something. And it just the reason Tito ended up managing here is because he spent that one year um, in between Philadelphia and doing other other stuff, uh, working for the front office, and he happened to like the culture here. So Tito might have been unattainable, and and Craig Council is too. And you make a good point. If if David Stearns tells Steve Cohen that, hey, Craig Council is my guy, this is who I want to hire, yeah, Steve Cohen's throwing the checkbook right at Craig Council and said, here, write whatever you want. You're coming to New York, and that's going to happen. But I would still put him on, on, on a list interview despite – I know the results in Milwaukee have been a little disappointing, and it's kind of a mixed bag in terms of how fans feel about that, but I would still put him on my list. Uh, the one other thing, uh, did I lose what I was going to say there? Uh, when you're talking, oh, the, the thing I do wonder if Tito, it's like, I kind of wonder if, if this opportunity didn't arise in Cleveland, if he would have just settled into a, a media role and like that money would have been so good that maybe, and he would have had fun with it that he might've do that for a year. He did for a year. And I wonder if that could have been one of those things he would have settled into. Um, mm-hmm. but you know, instead we got lucky and there's definitely points at times where he, you one could argue he was the most marquee attraction in Cleveland sports after, you know, LeBron left um, and things like that. So it's, uh, you know, again, just uh, appreciating well, like him while said- he's here and we'll have to see what occurs. Uh, now I am, I'm very curious to see, I assume we'll be hearing more and more names from this you know, 45, 48 player list. Well, I think they've, they've whittled it down since a little bit. But- no, I, I'm hoping they interview all 48. I I agree. I do it. Why not? It's I'm a, hoping it's a, that one of us is on there. I feel like at 48, there's a chance. I'm kidding. So you're People, please know that. People, please know that I am kidding. Uh, I'm sure there is, are certain people who claim to listen to the podcast and think their name should be on the list. On your point on Tito, too. Again, not many managers get to go out on their own terms and get a, a chanting from the crowd on their last game. Like managers often are fired and they're out, they're gone. Like look what happened to him in Boston. Right. That's why you said, like you were saying, like he was the main attraction here at some points, because in a lot of cities and a lot of sports managers don't get to go out the way Tito did here. And I, I like to think he brought some credibility to a franchise that was, I mean, hopefully they've improved their processes since he's been here um, because things certainly were better here when he was here than they were previously. So I, I would like to think that him being here has, has lent a little more credibility to choosing Cleveland as a destination in baseball to work despite not spending money. And there's a reason front office people keep getting plucked other other places. So, 100%. Well, should we take break number one here? And we discuss and... some of Craig Council's resume and before we move on. Yeah, let's do yeah. that. It's football season, so that means pizza, wings, and maybe even some buffalo chicken dip. Whatever you prefer at at your tailgate, go all out and get cash back on every purchase with Ibotta. The weather is getting cooler, and that means it's time to stock your closet with winter clothes. With Ibotta, you can get cash back on winter coats, hats, gloves, scarves, and more for the whole family. Ibotta gives you cash back on hundreds of grocery items, from produce to personal care to pantry goods. You can make sure you're feeding inflation 
Oops, sorry. My eyes are getting bad. No matter what you're purchasing, either link your loyalty account or upload your receipt after you shop and your cat and get your cash back. It's that easy. The average Ibotta user earns a hundred dollars per year. That could go to cover the cost of an entire shopping trip, or you could use that cash back to buy that flight you've been eyeing, or that game you're dying to go to, or that fancy dinner you've been craving. Download the Ibotta app now and use the code MLB to start earning real cash. Just go to the App Store or Google Play and download the free Ibotta app and use the code MLB. That's I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play Store or App Store and use the code MLB. No baseball on Friday. This was a, a mistake by Major League Baseball on their scheduling. So you have to go two days without baseball. But Saturday, uh, if you're out, you're watching college football and you want to tune into one of the playoff games on Saturday, listen on your Sirius XM app uh, for whatever team you're looking for. So, yeah, Craig Council's teams in Milwaukee since he's been there. Um he was there for two years. They didn't make the playoffs in 16 or 17. They were, they turned things around in 17. They won one playoff series, essentially their whole, his whole time there. Uh, they, they won their first round matchup in 2018. They made it to the world. They made it to the NLCS against the Brewers or the Dodgers. I should say they lost in seven games. So they got as far as you can get without getting the world series. And then they failed to win a playoff series, a playoff game. I'm sorry. They won one playoff game since then. So, the funny thing is that's not entirely dissimilar to Cleveland. Like in 2016, they went to the world series of three to one. And then uh, 2017, they went up 2-0 and then fell apart. And then until 2022, they didn't win a playoff game. Um, so it's not entirely dissimilar. Cleveland happened to win their World card series. It's last like the light version of Cleveland, right? Like, you know, how often do we use the, like, he's this player light. He is that like, Cleveland made it to Game Seven yeah. of the World Series. They made it to the World Series. That's a huge deal. Getting there is huge, and then actually having a win last year, like, it, and and this is just my little rant because I feel like I get annoyed when people discount what happened last year. They still won a series last year. Like mm-hmm. you can't, you can't take that away just because this year didn't go well. And you're not doing that. But that's just a little rant on something I see happening to people. Yeah, I mean, look, the Cleveland situation isn't going to be as good as the Mets. So the funny thing is. Cleveland's probably got a better chance to make the playoffs next year than the Mets because I don't think the Mets have any pitching to go fall back on. Like, I feel like the Mets probably – I mean, unless they got, guy. Okay, they have a pitcher to fall back on. You're, you're taking Kodai Senga, uh, Senga over the, the big three. You're taking Jose yes. Quintana and David yes. Peterson. And, yeah, and Yes. Okay. Yes, Absolutely. I am. 100% all the time. Guaranteed. And, and Inside they might, information. The Mets are going to be dealing with Pete Alonso drama this offseason because he hired um, Scott Boris and he's got one left in his deal. That's exactly the same thing Brandon Nimmo did, and it worked out. I don't know if it's drama when you can afford to pay him, but I, no, I mean, like you said, that that pitching staff is a hundred percent a dumpster fire. It so that's so it's going to be it's going to be a couple of years before the Mets yeah. get back. So Cleveland might be in better spot to win next year. Obviously, long term, the Mets are set up, and they don't have pitching prospects. So um, played too well. They do play to someone I met Sidwell. Oh, I mean, I don't, I'm not that high on him comparatively to everything else. He's pretty low. Like, okay. So he's like a back end starter lately. Like, I mean, I mean, they have Singai and then they have filler. 
So this is one of those things where, again, well, are they going to buy pitching? I guess is the question. Either are way, they I buy think... or just you know, I'll just I'll just keep this open that uh, they have a lot of interesting hitting prospects, and maybe there is still a world where Cleveland figures a deal. Can figure the yeah. Um, I mean, we don't even know if Craig Council wants to manage in New York. It's a big, big, different monster in New York versus you know, Cleveland and Milwaukee are very similar markets, similar types. I mean, maybe he if he is not going to go back to. If Milwaukee's not going to bring him back, Cleveland's not a dissimilar market. And um, no, I don't know. I'm just I mean, saying, I, like, I mean here's, if, if it's if it's about the money, then he goes to New York. If it's not, I, I guess we'll see. Like I, I still don't think so. Because here's the big thing. Here's the thing we haven't discussed at all. We're adults. Most of our listeners are adults. We've all been in situations with good bosses, and we've been in situations with crap bosses. And I think everyone knows how important it is to be in a collaborative relationship with a boss that supports you, has your back, and you work well with. And that can matter more like than money because it makes your life easier. Going to New York will make his life harder, but getting a lot of money and working with someone he trusts, I think maybe. that, I think to me, at the end of the day, that's the, maybe even more than money. I mean, he, you know, he played. It's not to say, um, you know, he, he made big money in his career, but he made enough uh, to, to be fine for the rest of his life. And then he made a good amount as a manager. And I, I don't know if he vested his 10 years. I could go look that up, but I feel like he might have. Uh, so I, money is a bonus. I mean, we all want more, let's be honest, but I think I would, that w- relationship is, is what will motivate and pull because listen, having a good work environment matters almost as much as your pay. I think everyone out there who's listen, I have a great environment now, but my previous district, it was like the worst experience I ever had and it made me nearly quit teaching. So when you go into that environment that makes one that makes you want to quit to one where you feel like collaborative, it's huge. Kind of like this podcast. Yes. <laughs> I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you. I'd be, I don't know. Really wouldn't be here if it wasn't for Yeah. If I think <laughs> if, if I had someone who wasn't like the nice thing is like you and I, we split this. Like people, here's some behind the scenes. It's like I sit and work on audio. Justin works on video and we sit and we do that off air discussion. We say something happens off air, but we probably spend like three hours a night talking before setup after. So if we didn't get along, this would be hell. <laughs> Just yeah, it, it would three it hours. Wouldn't gone, it wouldn't no, have been a year. No, no, yeah. or even on this network in general. Uh, yeah, sometimes because the money is yeah, the money is the money. No, I agree. I mean, it would take me a lot of money to go work in New York personally, just because it's New York. And I look out I've of college for a while. <laughs> yeah, out of college, I would have loved that. But I now I'd be like, you got to pay me a lot of money to to go to a place like that. And I'm sure Craig Council would say, like you said, having a good boss matters. <clears throat> if you like David Stearns, that makes a big difference. And um. It would just take a lot of money, though, to deal with the, the crap that comes along with working in New York, no matter what the job is, especially a job like this. That's very high profile and, and public. But, uh, you know, the working environment in Cleveland is good, too. We'll see what happens. But, yeah, the David Stearns connection is extremely strong. Um, some of you yesterday took some, I don't want to say issue, but brought up some uh, interesting points based off of our discussion of our Guardians offseason priorities list in some of you didn't like some of the things and some of you were wondering where certain things were. So um, we can get into that in just a moment. Before we get into that, the bye week is coming in the NFL, but there are still a lot of games to watch over the weekend. So snap into the NFL action this season and this weekend with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed 
when you place only a $5 bet. So that's $200 in bonus bets. Win or lose on those bets, you're still getting that money, even if you lose that $5 bet. Uh, and I lose a lot, so don't listen to my bets. If you've ever been thinking about joining FanDuel, there is no better time to get in on the action. Uh, even though the Browns are off this Sunday, the app is easy to use, so you could bet on a number of things, watching other games to make it more interesting, like spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash on. Kick off the NFL season and that bye week. Find yourself some action on the bye week. Uh, visit FanDuel.com, official partner of the NFL. And then Saturday, make sure you've got your SiriusXM app on your phone or tablet, whatever, and listen to some playoff baseball. Phillies and Braves should be a lot of fun. I'll be watching that, but if for some reason I'm doing something else, I will be pulling that game off my radio because I'm very interested in that series. I think it's going to be quite a bit of fun. Uh, Jeff, one commenter asked us why no, why a Josh Naylor extension was not on our either of our priority lists for the Guardians this offseason. We had this discussion throughout the year because Josh Naylor had a good season. He missed a month of the season, and we we spent time talking about why an extension for Josh Naylor could be tricky and difficult. I'm, I, I said I am not against extending Josh Naylor in a vacuum, but this doesn't happen in a vacuum and there's a reason why it's difficult outside of the vacuum to extend Josh Naylor in a way that works for both parties. Yeah. I, I believe this was your quote. Josh Naylor and host is bad. Right. That, that was, your I, quote. that sounds like AI to me. I think you just, invented um, that. good use of chat, chat GPT there. What's the thing. His health is a big issue. He is entering arbitration, so he may not want to sign. You know, he's getting closer to getting a bigger payday. And there is a big deal for him hitting free agency at, I believe, age 30, as opposed to like another, you know, gig. So it, it's just a weird fit. They don't often extend corner infielders, uh, specifically first baseman. So it's, it's, and he's probably more of a DH than even a first baseman going forward, just because his body doesn't hold up. So I, I don't think it's going to be high on the prior. I, I, I would, let's put it this way. I think that Bo Naylor is a better candidate than Josh Naylor for an extension. That's a good point. I agree. I think the look, Josh Naylor has played 122 and 121 games the last two seasons uh, total each. That's his two highest totals of his career at this point. Now, some of that is because previously he couldn't break in because he was having, you know, a hard time hitting the ball in the air and just being productive and finding a home. Of course he was bad. Like, you know, the, uh, the irreverent Eric Hosmer in San Diego. It's very hard to displace a legend like Eric Hosmer, of course, as we all know. But yeah, there is the conditioning issue for Naylor, which, you know, like it or not, again, I'm not taking anything away. Neither of us take anything away from Josh Naylor's season. He had a fantastic season this year, despite the fact that he missed a month. He is extremely important to this team right now. But, you know, the fact that he has now missed 40 games the last two seasons don't forget the the horrific leg injury in 2021 um, that he's thankfully recovered from and looks way better ever since, amazingly, at the uh, plate. And I talked about in that show, the talking to my wife, who's an anthropologist and measures bones and injuries and mm-hmm. that. Like That is an injury we talked about even then that could have long-lasting effects. At some point. Yeah. Yeah. So there's that. Like you said, he's 26. He's got 24, 2024 and 2025 left on his club control he's going to want to hit free agency at a good age to cash in where he can. 
and that would force the Guardians to make an offer to extend him into his mid thirties. Like you're talking like a six year offer probably from the Guardians in order to get him interested. And I think that's a place where the Guardians probably don't want to go because, hmm. hey, you got Carl Manzardo coming. B, Baylor does have an injury history, and he's a DH, and he does have some conditioning issues. Um, all those things factor in, and it's going to cost more money than it's probably worth to extend a guy like Naylor. So that's why he's not on our list because I just don't think it's going to happen. I don't think, I don't think uh, he's going to be interested in the terms Cleveland would be comfortable with, and I don't think. Yeah, it's I don't like believe Cleveland would be. Yeah, it's a mutual, mutual uncomfortableness with each other. What, you, what each other would want in an extension. So again, that's why I said in a vacuum, I'm not against the Josh Naylor extension. I I, I, yeah. I like the guy. He's fun. He's a huge part of this team right now. You can see what happened when he was out in August to Jose and the offense. But uh, the reason he was not on our list is because we just don't really believe it's in the best interest of either side to either. Josh Naylor should not take a deal that Cleveland would be fine with. And Cleveland probably shouldn't offer a deal that Josh Naylor would take because it would not be beneficial to either side. It just, it stinks that it works out like that. Maybe we end up being wrong. Maybe they do do something, but that's just kind of how we feel about it. You know, we, I, we often talk about development is not linear and he was a player who had a hard time in his development. He had a lot of ups and downs and unfortunately that ate a lot of those years of control. And that's what just happened. And as we know, it's bad. Oh man, you were really getting good at this AI thing. Uh, I know it's perfect. You can't even tell that like I did a an edit there. It's so good. I'm just it's so it's my great. new job. So I'm gonna. I'm, I'm the best at it. It's clear. Um, quick, quick AFL update because I know you want to talk about Kyle Manzardo. So before yeah. we get into that, let me just go out and throw it out there. Uh, Chase the water as we're talking. He's got the night off in the AFL on October 5th, but he has um, done pretty well through three games. He's got. A homer, seven ribbies. He's hit the ball pretty hard. It sounds like there's some good video out there on Twitter. Manzardo is playing tonight. He's got a, a, a walk, I believe. He's not hit the ball all that well so far. He's got a couple of hits. And then Ryan Webb is starting uh, the game on October 5th. He went two innings, struck out five, struck out the side in the first inning, and he ended up allowing three walks and two runs in the second inning. So mixed results there. But uh, so far, so good for, for DeLauder. Not too bad so far from Manzardo. Could be better, but you've you found some interesting uh, stats and adjustments from Kyle Manzardo that I thought were yeah. were a pretty good pickup. So I was I'm doing the write up over at Prospects Live. It's it's uh, if you want write ups, Justin and I I think are covering like sixty per, or eighty percent of the write ups. Um, so and I, I took over Manzardo, and you know I talked about some of his improvements, but I thought you know I'm going to pull up the exact data. But it's interesting because when he was in Durham, they have the blue monster in left field. So when he was there, um, you know, he, he was aiming for that because that's the short porch out and left. And he was pulling the ball over 50 percent of the time. So he was just 100 percent kind of taking his his power stroke and trying to hit the ball uh, to to where it's the shortest. So like his his opposite or his pull was, again, it was a 51.5 percent. That's a lot. <laughs> Comes to Columbus. Columbus, the shortest porch is over in right field. Left field is, is also short. But so what happens? Instead of pulling 51.5, he's now at a 37.9. And his opposite field hit percentage goes up 10%. Uh, so he is just like, okay, new home park, study, intelligent. 
this is the way to go about it. He's just, and the fact there aren't a lot of guys in general who can make a change like that. And I assume when it's that dramatic, when you see a 14% drop and a 14% shift that that is intentional. Like, I I don't think that happens by accident. Um, Yes, it was a, one could argue it's in Cleveland. It was a limited sample that it was just the 21 games, 92 plate appearances. That is on the very fringe of being something that is, um, you know, statistically valuable, but it's just interesting to see that happen. I might be making much to do about nothing, uh, but I, for him, when he got there, you know, he just 123 weighted runs created plus those six home runs down the stretch. I, I think he should start the year with this team a hundred percent, but I, I thought that, cha- and that's the thing. He's, he's a cerebral hitter. He was given a challenge this year um, to hit for more power and the exit velocity picked up the 90th percentile outcomes picked up. Uh, I, I think I know I gave him a, like a, I think a 55 grade for his power. I, th- I think that is, is fair, but the hit tool is, is where I think, you know, it, his, he should be an on-base machine and he should be fun and, you know, definitely looking forward to, and, and that's going to be one of the things like a lot of people I saw in the comments too also commented about like, we need to add multiple bats. Well, one of them could be Manzardo and, you know, if the latter can stay healthy, I mean, potentially by next August, you know, could he be kind of like we've seen a few players come up late and, and get that opportunity? Yeah. I mean, uh, Will Brennan kind of two years ago stepped into a postseason role with that late season call up. Um, you know, keep the latter going in double A. Hopefully he got bean yesterday, right? So we're hoping that, that wasn't he the one? He, He's he played three games in a row to start the AFL. So, okay, no so they we're going to give so him a little rest. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I think, you know, there are some fun young pieces uh, for as much as there is the doom and gloom. And I still say go out and trade for proven guys because uh, they need a little bit more proven. But yeah, I you have to appreciate some of the positive additions. And uh, the Savali trade, I think, is going to just can pay dividends for a long time. Aaron Savali made a grand total of zero starts in the postseason for the Rays this year. Not his fault, obviously, but and they've got more control over him too left. So we'll see what happens. But uh, yeah, they didn't win the division, so we we will see. I, I, I agree. Manzardo's ability to, if those are adjustments that he made on purpose, that's exciting because that shows you a hitter who is capable of of doing damage in multiple ways. Uh, 55 power would be great for him. That's you're talking 25, 30 home runs with 55 grade power. The good thing I'll say about Manzardo is he has no issue getting the ball in the air. Like he gets fly balls. That's what you want from a guy yeah. who the home runs he was hitting in Columbus. Like I know we, we talk about how Columbus is a man box and is very hitter friendly. So you have to be careful about stats there, but that's nice. That's why it's nice to have bad ball data. His bad ball data was not, was, was very promising in Columbus. So you have a guy who, is he's I mean he's not an exit velocity darling, but he gets the ball in the air and <clears throat> his exit velocities though were were trending in the right direction. I think he was they were looking good. Um it was definitely yeah, a poke. The fact, the fact that he just gets the ball in the air is good. So it's a guy who no matter what his power potential is, he's gonna I think he's gonna maximize it because he he gets the ball in the air. It's not it's not dissimilar to the way Jose broke out. Not a high exit velocity power guy, but because he knows how to pull the ball with authority. Um, he gets to more power than he probably should. I'm not saying he's going to be Jose, but nobody thought Jose was going to have 30 home runs either. So you just never know. So yeah, Manzardo 
I'm on board day one next season on the roster. He, you hope he's an answer to your power problems and uh, there's room to go out and get one outfielder. We'll talk about that maybe next week along with your two early mock we didn't have time for today. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. We are going to go through every team and you'll get that in depth as we go through the season. So make sure you're tuned in. Um, Like I said, we'll save the mock uh, just so we have a little more time in the future. But we want to thank you all for joining us. Make sure you rate and review, download daily. It helps. We love seeing all the discussion out there with the show and go, go guardians, go.